When I was 14, I got myself into some trouble. I had just started my first year of high school, and I wanted the older kids to think I was cool, so I started hanging around with some of the less well-behaved sophomores and juniors. Sometimes they would get their older siblings to buy beer, and we would hang out behind the laundromat downtown. We even had a stupid tag that we would spray paint onto any surface we could get to unnoticed. It was silly, really. We saw ourselves as mischievous, mysterious, and cool, but in reality we were little more than obnoxious and self-destructive. I guess most people would say something similar about their teenage years, though. One night, some of us decided we were going to throw a party in the woods. There was this path just behind the library that was rarely used, and it led to a massive maze of winding trails, crossing back over themselves in an endless tangle, woven into the forest like the scribbles of a child. It was rumored among some of the kids that people used to go for walks on those paths and never find their way back, losing themselves among the trees and never re-emerging. And being the edgy kids that we were, that was exactly the type of place we wanted to party. It was a Saturday morning when Lucy, Jeremy, and I went out into the woods to try to find a suitable clearing for our epic function. We brought a can of spray paint to mark the trees along our path, and it's a good thing we did. Within a matter of 10 minutes, we had snaked through so many intersections and winding overgrown trails that I doubt any one of us could have begun to navigate back home on our own. Lucy was walking up ahead while Jeremy and I hung back, talking about who we wanted to invite and neglecting to pay much attention. That is until we heard Lucy scream. We could still just make her out through some trees, frozen with fear, though we couldn't tell of what. We ran to catch up with her, and when we did, we found her standing at the edge of a ledge, leading down a ways to a small clearing and in it there was a mound, at least three feet tall, comprised entirely of bones. We couldn't tell exactly if they were all human or not, but I remember seeing the unmistakable shape of at least one human skull among the stack during the brief moments before we all turned to run. When we finally arrived back at the library, we did something I never would have imagined myself doing up until that very moment. We called the sheriff. That was my first time meeting Sheriff Albert West. Luis Torres was 18 years old and just a few months away from finishing high school when I saw him plummet from the cliff last week. He was a brilliant young man. One of the few people born in Dunridge who really stood a chance of going on to something great. He had a scholarship to Brown University where he was planning on studying medicine. And there's no doubt that he would have gone on to save countless people in his career. That night when I spoke with a woman from dispatch, she had asked me if I thought the incident was an accident and I didn't have an answer. But as the days passed, that question ate away at me, and even more sprouted from it. How do people go missing here? Do all of them end in a fate similar to that which Lewis suffered? Is there something behind all of this? And more importantly, why? Why does this happen? Why does it happen to specific individuals? Is there any sense to be made of this at all? Probably not, but I couldn't help but wonder. These questions were haunting my every waking moment, eating away at me constantly. 
I needed to try to answer some of them, and there was only one place I could think to start. Sheriff West is not the easiest man to get a meeting with. As you might imagine, he's a busy guy, to say the least. He was, however, leading the investigation on the death of Luis Torres, and I knew that if I wanted answers about this incident or any other, then I needed to get in touch with him. After a bit of arm twisting, I was able to get him to briefly sit down with me to talk about the investigation. Sheriff West, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. I know you must be very busy with the investigation. I am, but you were the sole eyewitness, so I'm hoping you have some information that can help us out too. Uh, Yeah, maybe. I'll be honest, I really didn't see much, but I'll help in any way that I can. Great. Well, I'd rather not have that conversation on your recorder, so let's get your interview out of the way first. So tell me again now, you making some sort of show about Dunridge? Not just about Dunridge, but specifically about some of the weird stuff that happens here. (laughs) Weird, huh? Like what? Well, like what happened to Lewis. Uh, There seems to be an unusual amount of disappearances and unexplained debts in town, don't you think? I guess so. But look, this is a dangerous place. We live on the side of a mountain, for Christ's sakes. Maybe the best idea isn't to chalk everything up to the paranormal. I didn't say anything about the paranormal. So what are you saying it is? You think there's some foul play? A group of vicious murderers in town? Uh, well, I guess I don't really know, but that's what I'm here to try and find out. I see. And what exactly are you planning to do about it? I guess... Well, I don't really know just yet. I suppose it depends on what I find. Look, I looked up some statistics on other towns in New Hampshire, and none of them come even close to the number of deaths per capita per year as Dunridge. And I mean not even close. And you want to just, what, ignore it? Yes, we live on the side of a mountain. But we aren't the only ones who do. There are plenty of mountain towns in the state, and they're all getting by just fine. Except Dunridge. Look, I think you're reading into this too much, kid. People have died here. Yes, people have died everywhere. But making a spectacle of real trauma might not be the best way to represent our town, huh? I'm not trying to make a spectacle of anyone's trauma. I just want to get to the bottom of this. And then what? So let's say you're right. The town of Dunridge is evil. It wants us all dead. What am I supposed to do then? Huh? Arrest the whole damn town? You think there's some grand mystery we can solve and save the day? Look, I know you're just trying to do something good and maybe have some fun, but I think you're only going to get yourself into trouble. Get myself into trouble how? What is it you think that I'm going to find? Well, I think I made that pretty clear. Trouble. Not everything is part of some conspiracy. Sometimes people get themselves into bad situations and wind up dead. And if you stir up too much commotion about it, you're only going to cause more harm. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on so that maybe we can put a stop to it. Shouldn't you want that? You're our sheriff. If you ask me, people are already being hurt. Me looking into a way to put a stop to that isn't causing more harm. Oh, it isn't. Besides, you can't honestly tell me you haven't experienced some very weird shit here, can you? 
You know, I've known people like you before. People who are paranoid that something is out to get them. Or their family. Or the whole damn town. My mother was like that. You want yourself a story for your little radio show? Sure. The first memories I have are her sitting up all night in my bedroom. Watching the trees from the window. Like she thought that if she left me alone for a moment, something would swipe me away from her. She always talked about bad things that haunted this place. Said there was a darkness in the air here that seeps into everyone's thoughts. My mother was unwell. When I was a boy, she was pregnant with my little sister. One night she went into labor and, completely unannounced, took the family car and drove more than an hour to a hospital in the city where she checked herself in, gave birth, and put my sister up for adoption immediately, never saying a word about her plan to me or my father. She came back the next day and told us what she'd done. She told us that she had to do it, that everyone who was born here was cursed, their mind poisoned by this place so that they can never escape. She insisted that if my sister was born here, she would have been doomed to suffer in Dunridge until whatever darkness she believed hung over the town took her away. She explained to us, without the slightest hesitation, that she couldn't have told us about what she was planning to do because if the darkness heard her and knew her plan, then it would have found a way to stop her from leaving that night. My mother was a terribly sick and paranoid woman, and because of it, I've never met my sister. My father has never met his own daughter. And that isn't the only instance of her putting her paranoia before everything and everyone else. Nearly everyone who was close to us has suffered because of her obsession. So trust me when I say that your fascination with sniffing out something evil in this town can and will cause people harm. How's that for your show? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up bad memories. I really don't mean to cause anyone harm. I just want to make Dunridge a safer place. Look, I know you don't have bad intentions, but you're not doing us any favors by turning this town into a spectacle. Lewis was a real person with a real family. A boy has died. Right now, his parents are grieving the loss of their son. At least wait for the body to get cold before you go turn his story into entertainment. Thank you very much for your time, Sheriff. After my conversation with Sheriff West, I was feeling conflicted. I really don't want my work to cause any harm, and I felt a certain amount of guilt for bringing up those painful memories. But there was also something off about the whole interaction, something I can't quite shake. He seemed scared. The few times that I've met Sheriff West in the past, he's always seemed valiant and determined, like a man with the heart of a lion who would let nothing get in his way. But in those brief moments when I began asking questions about the state of the town, that facade melted away. He wanted to convince me to halt my investigation, and at least in part, I think it was because he was nervous. Of what, I can't be sure just yet. What was he worried that I would possibly uncover, and why would he want so badly to stop me from doing so? I had gone to meet the sheriff with the hope of finding answers, and only walked away with more questions. My immediate reaction was to mirror that fear. 
Seeing his response to my questions made me feel uneasy. Here was a man who, based on all evidence, is infinitely braver, stronger, and more well-trained for crisis than myself, and the mere talk of my investigation made him uncomfortable. Logic tells me that if the secrets of this town are dark enough to make Al West flinch, then they're dark enough to leave me changed forever, if they would leave me alive at all. It was two days after my conversation with the sheriff that I found myself back at the Cliff Diner. I hadn't stopped replaying that conversation in my head since I'd left his office, and honestly, I wasn't sure if I should continue making this podcast or just give up. At that point, it had been less than a week since the suspected murder of Luis Torres, and based on the mood in the diner, you would have had no idea that a boy was just thrown from the parking lot to his death a few days ago. The place was bustling. Waitresses shuttled full plates of food and trays of empty glasses and mugs back and forth between the dining room and kitchen, and the customers enjoyed each other's company over coffee and lunch discussing the weather for the coming week, when the kids would be getting out of school, and other such typical small talk. I wouldn't necessarily say that everyone in Dunridge knows everyone else, but even so, it's safe to say that the average person who spends time downtown has at least seen everyone else who spends time here. During a day of shopping, bowling, or grabbing something to eat, I rarely, if ever, see a face that is completely unfamiliar. But that day, as I was sitting at the bar at the cliff, I did. A man who looked to be in his mid-forties, he had a thick beard and wore a hat so old and worn that the indistinguishable logo was almost completely scratched off by years of wear. I'm not really the type to talk to random strangers going about their day, but I wasn't exactly feeling like myself, so I introduced myself to him. He told me that his name was Rob and he was a trucker that had to pass by Dunridge on deliveries occasionally. Oddly enough, he actually seemed kind of interested in the place. I guess I'm so used to everyone around me finding our town so boring and dreadful that someone who considers it unique and intriguing felt weird to me. He got to asking me some questions about Dunridge and what I do here, and eventually I told him about the podcast, which really seemed to pique his interest. Tell me more about this podcast business. That's not a half bad idea. And what exactly makes you say that? Uh, not, Not that I want to doubt myself, but... It hasn't always been met with the greatest enthusiasm. Well, you lived here your whole life, right? Yeah. You should know this place better than anyone. And if you really feel something's off, and you're not afraid to investigate it, why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, I guess that's true. And besides, let's say you find absolutely nothing. So what? You're still getting a damn good time out of it and learning some valuable skills, too. All right. Yeah, that's a good point. To be honest... I don't know what I want out of this. In a way, finding nothing seems like it would be disappointing. But I almost think I'd rather come out of this certain that all of this weirdness I see around me is a coincidence and that there's no correlation. Better than finding out there's some serial killer or murderous government organization behind all this stuff. That would probably just serve to make me completely paranoid, assuming you wouldn't consider me that already. I don't think you seem paranoid. Nervous? Well, yeah, no doubt. But to my mind, a paranoid person is someone who worries with no reason to. At the very least, your worries ain't unfounded. Why do you say that? Well, you said it yourself. This place is fucking weird. You may not notice it, having been here your whole life, but just being here makes the person feel... muted. 
It's like every time I cross into this little town, something weighs on my emotions, covers them all up, and behind it all, I feel this tiny sense of dread somewhere in the back of my mind. So, why do you keep coming here, then? I mean, even if you have to pass by every now and again, why stop here? I like this little diner. Coffee is damn good. While it didn't provide much in the way of discoveries or hard evidence, that conversation with Rob certainly had an effect on my investigation. It motivated me to keep going. After all, he was right. My gut tells me that there is a mystery here to uncover, and even if I fail, what do I have to lose? That night, I went home and pored over every piece of information I could find about Lewis, his death, and the seemingly open and shut investigation that the sheriff had conducted of it. After hours of trying to find a missing piece to the situation, I did make one interesting observation. I was listening back to the 911 call that I had made when I saw it happen. That call lasted barely a minute, and yet by the end of it, the sheriff's siren can already be heard in the distance as he approaches the cliff. Now, if we consider the time it took for me to explain the situation to the operator and for her to alert the sheriff, that means it took all of 30 seconds for him to arrive on the scene? And don't get me wrong, I know it's not 100% beyond the realm of possibility that he just happened to be driving by the cliff at the exact moment that I made that call, but there is a lot of ground to cover here in Dunridge, and that would be quite the coincidence. But something tells me his convenient proximity to the scene of that crime is no mere coincidence. Now, I know that I can't prove his involvement in Lewis's death from that alone, but I won't give up on this so easily. Where do I go from here? Well, to speak candidly, I have no idea. But I have a feeling that if I continue to follow my instincts on this, I just might be onto something big. <laughs>